talking about some things about the life of faith and what that means. And um, the reason we're talking about that is because we're, it's a year of empowerment. Amen. And uh, with empowerment also comes, you know, changes and growth and development and adjustments and, you know, things that you got to kind of, you know, maybe shore up, if that's a, a way to say it, I guess, maybe. And uh, so uh, I thought about it on our Wednesday nights, kind of coming in and talking about a life of faith and what that means, because sometimes, uh, you know, we, even though we have, for the most part, most of us that are here have been around faith teaching, come on, and, uh, you know, but still, uh, you, can, you can get into a place sometimes where um, um, maybe you just assume it's activated or working, and, and then come to find out it's really not, or come to find out maybe we, we assume something we shouldn't have, or, uh, or maybe we just need to have a tune-up, come on now. Nothing wrong with the tune-up, amen. Sometimes you need a tune-up, you know, praise the Lord, that rig's still working and everything, but sometimes it just needs a good old-fashioned tune-up. Come on, somebody. And hopefully it'll smooth out and run a little, little cleaner, a little better, praise the Lord. And that's kind of the way it is sometimes with our faith, too. And so uh, we'll put our key verse up there, which is out of Mark 11. And uh, we didn't read the whole text. We read pieces of it last week, um, but we're... Look at the verse here, our key verse, it just says, have faith in God. That's what Jesus said, right? Of course, it's after he cursed the fig tree, they come back, and already that day it already shown that it, was, it had died from the roots, and, and uh, so he, the boys questioned it, and of course he gives an answer, and his uh, immediate answer was have faith in God. Now, there's reasons for that, you know, and you know, when you stop and you look, you know, sometimes uh, you know, we have a tendency to look more at circumstances or more at uh, the condition of things, more at what somebody said, all kinds of different variables out there. But he says, you know, have faith in God. Don't put your faith in, you know, how things look or how things seem or, uh, you know, don't put your faith in, uh, you know, circumstances. Don't put your faith in, in your past. Sometimes we can do that. Come on, right? Sometimes we have more faith in you know, where we came from instead of where we're going. And uh, that, can, that can hurt you sometimes. And, uh, you, know, we're, you know, so we can't move forward if we're constantly still seeing ourselves how we used to see ourselves or how we, you know, used to be or whatever. So, uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, talked about maybe just some practicalities about faith, some basics about faith. Um, let's maybe look at a couple of those uh, translations, Ben. Let's put... Uh, uh, be amplified up on this. It just uh, kind of really only adds a word here. It says this, uh, have faith in God. Everybody say constantly. 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 Okay, that's, that's, that sounds like a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. There it is. Come on, somebody. Everybody say constantly. constantly. And that'll be kind of a key word here uh, coming up here as we kind of get into some things. Uh, let's put the message translation of this same verse. Uh, let's get down here. Let's see. It says... Uh, the, uh, Jesus, beginning there, Jesus was, uh, matter of fact, embrace, I love this, embrace this God life. Everybody say this God life. You know, we put faith in God. How many know it's a way of life, right? Embrace this God life. And then he says this, really embrace it and nothing will be too, too much for you. Really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you. I like that. Amen. I'll, we'll just leave that. That's, a, that's enough of that part there. But uh, let's put now the... Uh, 
Ben, put Hebrews 10. Uh, it was a verse we used last week, so I'm just maybe just a little review. So Hebrews 10, verse uh, 38, I believe it is, and 39, we'll read both these. It says, now the just shall live by faith. Now, how many know that's the way of li- life right there? That's how we live. Now, uh, the just, again, let's remember, we're the just. If you know Jesus, then according to Scripture, you're the just. Okay, because the word just is the same, same Greek word there, just, justified, justification, uh, righteous, righteousness, uh, to be righteous. That's all that same Greek word. It's just another way of saying it, depending on how it's used in a sentence. Uh, so you have been made, uh, you know, you are justified, have been, amen, been justified by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. A price has been paid for you. You are the righteousness of God based on what Jesus did for you. Come on now. Where it says you are the righteousness of God. Amen. Not that you're, come on, going to get righteous. You are the righteousness. Come on. Sometimes people mix uh, righteousness and holiness. Come on. See, righteousness is your identity. Holiness is about a way of, you know, how you conduct, how you, you know, how, yeah, behavior or whatever. That comes out of that. Amen. Now, the Word talks about the fruits of righteousness, which, of course, is, you know, of course, the fruit of being who you are in Christ. Amen. And so I said all that because it says you're the just. So the just shall live, conduct life. That's what that one word, that's zeo. Okay, so conduct life, live life, walk along, amen, everyday living, come on, shall live by faith. Of course, if anyone draws back or pulls back, he says, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, it no, brings no satisfaction to God when you're pulling back. So faith is all about moving forward, not pulling back. Can I hear a big amen? amen. But verse 39 says this, but we are not of those who draw back. Smile real big at someone next to you there and just say, praise the Lord. I'm glad you're not drawn back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction. In other words, back to the, those things back behind you there. But we are those uh, who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Of course, uh, hallelujah. That's how it works. Amen. So, praise the Lord. We live by faith. We conduct life by faith. Um, this is our lifestyle as people of faith. Amen. Faith is not a movement. Faith is a way of life for a believer. Can I hear a bigger amen? Amen. That's a way of life for a believer. Now, uh, last week, let me just real quick. Last week we brought out, uh, you know, faith is is required or mandatory. Faith is essential. We brought verses out for all this. Faith is obtainable. Amen. It's for anybody. Praise God. Anything that we're talking, everything we're talking about, anybody can walk in this. Praise God. The word also brings out that faith is limitless. There's no limit to faith. Come on now. Only thing that limits us is whether or not we're going to keep drawing on it and believing and hearing the word. And Come on. But uh, so faith, our faith has really no limits as long as we just keep activating it and working it. Praise God. And then the last thing I brought out uh, last week was that faith is evident. All right. Faith is evident. And of course, when, uh, when faith is activated, it's, it should be seen. Come on. It should be heard. Amen. So the scriptures are clear that faith has, has a voice. It's, there should be a confession. There should be, the word says, corresponding action, amen, and a confident demeanor. In other words, there ought to be some boldness, some confidence, some assurance. Come on, somebody. Uh, that comes out of an individual that's walking by faith, amen. Okay, so that was just basics, all right? So today, let's go to the book of James, chapter 2, please. The book of James, chapter 2. 
Praise God. And we're going to kind of kick this thing off since we kind of ended with talking about faith is evident. We're going to kind of maybe start right there. And I'm going to talk about this thing called corresponding action and what that means. Okay. Um, again, uh, I guarantee you, if you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard us talk about corresponding action more than once. And so all I'm asking for you tonight is to have an ear to hear it. Amen. Regardless of how much you've already heard, I'd like you to keep hearing. Come on, somebody. Because I believe you could get something, uh, you know, you can see something, praise God. And maybe, amen, God might give you some answers about some things. If we're believing and not seeing results like we want, amen, this can give us some answers. Amen. So, James 2, please. And let's go to verse 14 is where we'll go. We'll just kind of read this whole text. And uh, so James, of course, is the half-brother of Jesus. He grew up in the same household. This is not uh, the apostle. This is the, the, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, he, like I said, he grew up in the same house. Uh, and there's a lot of things in James that's pretty amazing. Uh, some of the insight that he had, and I suppose growing up next to Jesus and seeing some things, it probably, uh, uh, it probably helped a little bit. Come on, somebody, in his own walk, right? Uh, so verse 14, what does it profit, uh, my brethren, amen, if someone says he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? Okay, he's talking about faith alone, you know, can it save him? So he's asking some questions, okay, so uh, what, what will it profit you if you got, you know, if you got faith, you know, you say you believe something, okay, so what's the word faith? Let's maybe better define that. Uh, the word faith, again, is defined as belief or a belief in persuasion, conviction, reliance, a dependence upon, to be assured of, trust in, to be confident of. These are all synonyms of this word faith. So he says, what, what does it profit you if you say you have confidence in God uh, but does not have works, and this word works means action, corresponding action, or even a reaction, okay? In other words, what, what does it profit you if you say you have faith or say you believe in something or say you trust in God or believe in God, but yet your action proves otherwise? So will your faith then get the job done? That's what he's asking. So, you know, you can say all day, I believe God, but then your action proves you ain't, you ain't believing in God. Come on, come on now. Now look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord, there's no condemnation. Well, you know, you got to throw that out there because, you know, we're not here to condemn anybody. Our heart is, you know, sometimes you got to be called on it. If, if, we're, not, if we're not really walking it, if our words are not, uh, you know, corresponding with it, if our actions are not corresponding with it, if we're really not having it, walking in any kind of confidence towards some things, well, we need to, we need to recognize that. Then that's going to hinder your believing. Are you still with me? If you're believing God for healing, uh, this would be a good message to hear. If you're believing God for a breakthrough at home, this would be a good message for you to hear. If you're believing God, amen, for a breakthrough financially concerning something going on, uh, this would be a good message to hear. If you're believing God concerning something in the home, uh, raising your kids, marriage, anything like that, this would be a good message to hear. Come on now. So the idea is not to show you where you're going wrong. The idea is to say, listen, sometimes this is why something isn't working. It polices us a little bit. Are you still with me? All right. So what does it profit? 
you know, if you say you believe something and then you got no, no, uh, no action that proves it. Amen. So verse 15, let's look at it. He kind of gives a little example here. If a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? He's trying to give an analogy. Listen, what is it? It doesn't do that person any good. You say, go be warm, be filled, and don't do anything to help them. Come on, well, anybody would look at that and say, well, that ain't, you know, that's not, that's not good. I mean, you should help that person. You don't tell them that you want them to be, you know, warm and be filled, be, you know, be blessed and, and then not do anything to help them. And we'd say, well, that, that, you know, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't work. That didn't connect. Right? It don't connect. All right? So he's trying to show you this. Okay? Okay, let's look at another verse. Let's go on here. Verse 17. Thus, all, thus also faith by itself, come on. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, does not, see, it's trying to show you the same thing. You could say all day long you believe something, but if you ain't, you ain't got no, there's no proof in the pudding. There's no action. Come on. If you're not following through with anything, then what happens is then it says here, uh, your faith's going to be dead. Now, it means, literally that word dead means corpse or a lifeless thing. Um, the Amplified brings out that it's inoperative. I like that. It also means destitute of power. I don't want to have destitute of power faith. Come on, anybody else with me? I don't want to have inoperative faith. I don't want to have a lifeless faith. I want my faith, my believing to accomplish something. I don't want my, my believing to just be a corpse. Does that make any sense? You know, so I want it to produce something. So he's trying to show you that. So the way to keep it, you know, moving and working is you're going to have to have some action, some work, some corresponding action. Amen. In fact, let me define corresponding in case somebody doesn't. I mean, most everybody probably gets it. But the word corresponding means uh, respective or pertinent, uh, proper, relative, or parallel to, or to be equal to. It also means that which is adequate. Now get this, or proportional to the magnitude of the contest, fight, or opposition, which is key. Okay, so, uh, you know, so depending on what kind of pressure, what's kind of coming against you here, uh, you know, it says here you got to have some kind of a corresponding action, all right? So if we're believing, then there should be something pertinent. They should be able to see it, amen, and in this case, uh, it should be something that, you know, if you're believing for some big things, then there should be some Big action. Anybody hear me? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there ought to be something that ought to be seen or noticed, praise God. All right, let's keep going on here. He goes on to say, verse 17 again, but, but also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen. <laughs> you believe that there is one God. Well, you do well to believe that there's one God, but even the demons believe that. And they tremble. I mean, even the demons believe that and, and, and tremble, which means they even have enough respect for who he is that when he walks around and come, comes anywhere close, they're trembling. It's just, a, you know what I'm saying, but see, what I'm saying is that they can, that, you know, it isn't just to say you believe that there is a God or just to go around and say that you believe in God. He says there has to be some action. Amen. Because even a demon can do that. Does that make sense? 
I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good analogy. All right, so let's, let's go on. Verse 20 then. He says, but uh, do you not know, o foolish man, that faith, again, he repeats himself, faith without works, without action, without corresponding action, without reaction, came on, is dead, right? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Amen, of course. So in other words, he could say, I believe you, Father, I trust in you, Father, and then, you know, never do anything that the Father had asked, and it, his faith wouldn't have done anything. Anybody hear me? You know, you know, what he was willing to do to offer up his son, now, you know, he didn't, Father didn't let him kill his kid. But he wanted to know if this thing that's most precious to you, this thing that I gave you, this promised child that I gave you, are you still willing to follow me and have more faith and more love for me than you even do that promised child that I gave you? And he was willing to do it. He said, I want you to go offer him up and literally let him to go. I mean, he got up, went a distance. It wasn't like he just went out to the backyard. Come on, somebody. He went a distance. Come on, took his son, went up there, and literally was going through the whole thing. And the Spirit of God then stopped him and said, now I know. Amen. Now I know. And you have to understand that really what he did, not only did it set, a, uh, set the stage for him, but it set the stage for the for the father sending his own son and laying down his own son's life. Come on, right? I mean, there's just so much that happened there. So uh, he's just trying to say, listen, is, would, would if he had been justified, amen, by not following through? Would he have, you know, by just saying, you know, I love you, God, believe in you, God, trust in you, God, and then not ever follow through with anything God asked, would, he, would his faith be justified? Not at all. And that's what he's trying to say. He says what justified, what made it right was the fact that he was willing to follow through with it. And to show, amen, that he believed God, trusted God, had faith in God. Are you still with me? All right, let's, let's wrap it up here. So uh, let's see, verse 22. So you see that faith ha uh, was working together with, with his works, and by works faith was made complete or perfect. And the scripture uh, was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Are you with me? In other words, not by what he believes only. Come on now. Not by what he has, you know, he says he trusts in only. Or relies on, come on, right? I mean, when you start looking at it, it ha there has to be, there has to be some, something seen. Amen. We touched on last week, something even heard. You know, when there should be a confession that lines up to it. In other words, you can... You can pray all day about something, and then when you turn around and your, your, your saying doesn't line up with your praying, come on, somebody, then we wonder, did you really believe what you prayed? Look at your neighbor say, no guilt here. There's no, there's no, we're not here to condemn or guilt. It's just, see, we have to, sometimes we have to check ourselves because, you know, we might have went into prayer. We might have went in asking God for help here, turn this around, change this. Uh, believing for provision or believing for healing, believing for breakthrough. And then you turn around and say, oh, that stuff ever never will. I don't know why I pray all the time, just wasting my time. I just, I just don't know why God ever does it. I mean, come on now. Obviously, somehow there's nothing, there's nothing justifying your faith because over here it all sounded good. Come on now. Over here it all sounded like you're a believer. And then we go over here and, you know, and 10 minutes later we're saying something completely opposite then what it is, we're not, we're not showing for it that we are a believer. 
Okay. Verse 25. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot? Oh, man, even Rahab's mentioned. Uh, also justified by her works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. In other words, you know, she said, I believe in your God. Well, not only did she say she believed in, in their God, she followed through with it to make sure, amen, that everything they needed to have happen, happened. She did her part. So even, even the harlot was mentioned. Come on. Because of her action. Come on. All right. And she actually, her life was spared. And of course, the lineage. Come on. Down through that lineage, you know, our Savior comes. You know, so that's pretty amazing. So it sums it up by saying this. Now listen, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So if you had no spirit, as soon as your spirit checks out, come on, come on, what happens to the body? Just falls off like an old suit, right? Right? And listen, I think these are great analogies, you know, showing here. So you can say all day long you believe something, but you have no action behind it. So it's like, it's like a lifeless, dead corpse. Like, it ain't going to do anything. So he brings out multiple things, to, multiple ways to look at this. And so I think it's worthy of us to, to stop and take note of some things. All right. So, you know, you know, are we, you know, is there something, is there a corresponding action that we're doing along with what we're saying we're believing? Well, I'm saved by faith. You know, by grace through faith and not of works. So somebody says, well, I ain't saved by my works. I didn't say you were born again by your works. You're born again based on what Jesus did, and all you did was believe it. But if you really want to get technical, it says through faith. Come on, through your faith. Well, how, well how, did it, how did your faith get involved there? Well, you heard something. Somebody said you must be born again, or somebody says you need Jesus in your life, or somebody says you, who wants to receive Jesus? And somewhere your faith, because of something you heard, you activated it by, come on, believing and agreeing and, come on, confessing it. So all he's asking now, if you're believing God for a breakthrough uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, or whatever, you know, something at home, or, uh, you know, then he says it's the same thing. So if you're going to say, I'm going to trust God, believe God, then I need to have see some corresponding action. So hopefully tonight, before we're done here, you can kind of check yourself, see where you're at. Because the idea is that when you're moving along in the course of your day, you can kind of police yourself, all right? And say, you know what, if I really believe this, I wouldn't be saying that. If I really believe this, I wouldn't be acting that way. If I really believe what I, I, you know, I said, then I wouldn't be doing that right now. Again, no condemnation. It's just, hey, put it, you know, check it. Deal with it. Change it. Amen. Still with me? You know, sometimes... Uh, um, you know, you get to talking about faith, and some people just don't like to hear messages on faith, and and uh, it's a bummer because uh, to me, it's it's what you know moves you along. You know, 
And, uh, but uh, a lot of people don't like to hear it because the, 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 the whole deal with the faith message, if I can say that, is it's about accountability. And it makes you accountable, you know, or responsible, whatever word you want to use there. But it, it makes you accountable for, for what you do throughout the course of your day. But I'd rather have results any day than no results. I, I don't like wasting my time praying for something and then not ever see it or have, you know, have it come to pass. Or, I mean, that's ridiculous. Anybody else in with me on that one? Amen. Now, I know I'm talking to my Wednesday night crowd. It's a, you're a bunch of radicals. Amen. But not, not, you know, I'm not, so I'm not, just remember, I'm not just talking to those in the room here today. We're, you know, we got a lot of people that are watching and listening. Amen. Out there. And so, uh, you know, maybe this, you know, this is for them. So smile real big at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing though, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We all need to hear it. Amen. All right. So praise the Lord. So faith without works is dead. Now, um, in order to, to move forward, what I want to do here today, I want to touch on, uh, just kind of take a little side note here. Um, how many know that you always have some form of opposition, pressure, resistance that's pushing on you? Okay. So, you know, you need your faith engaged. Okay. And uh, because there's always some kind of opposition. Okay, especially if you're going to confess Jesus as Lord. Come on now. I mean, you're going to have opposition from the enemy, for instance. So uh, let's just 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 a little side rabbit trail here. Uh, put Ephesians 6, uh, 11 up there, uh, Ben. Give Ben a hand clap. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ben. All right. So uh, verse 11 here says, put on the whole armor of God. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, that you may be able, what, to stand... Okay, later on, he even uses the word withstand, which means to resist against what? The wiles of the devil, the scheme, the plotting of the enemy. Come on, how many know you have an enemy? How many know you have an enemy? Amen, you have an enemy. And he goes on to say that he's your enemy. Flesh and blood is not your enemy. You have, a, you have an enemy, but he's always out there, and he always tries to, uh, to, uh, to manipulate, uh, to maneuver and do things, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 brings out that uh, he calls them devices. He says, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. He says, you know, lest he, be, lest he get uh, advantage on you. And the word device just means head trips. He's pretty good at them. I said the enemy's good at head trips. So you need faith engaged because you have opposition from an enemy. And we walk by faith and not by sight because sometimes the enemy tries to create certain kind of scenario and things and thoughts and stuff to try to get us caught up in things. But you have to use your faith to resist your enemy. Are you still with me? Okay, we have, we have an enemy, all right? We also have pressure that comes from other things. How about pressure just from the world's, um, you know, just the world system itself? can create pressure, right? Create opposition, okay? So 1 John 2, Ben, put that up there. I think at verse like 16, I think I, I put on there. We could have probably read this whole little text there, but I think just for sake of time, verse 16 says, for all that's in the world, come on, it's out there everywhere. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And it says it is not of the Father, but it's of the world. I mean, all that stuff 
stuff like that just tries to push and pressure, and, and there's always that kind of thing, just trying to pressure you every day. So how many know you need faith? You know, because you have conviction and assurance in God that regardless of the pressure that's out there in the world, praise God, hallelujah, you're still moving forward in God, not drawing back, but moving forward, praise the Lord. Amen? But it's out there, isn't it? I said it's out there. Uh, you have pressure from, from people. Yes, people create pressure. That's true. It's called persecution, actually, the word. It just means pressure from people. Amen. Uh, what did I give you, Ben? Uh, uh, first Timothy or Second Timothy? What did I give you there? The next one, Second Timothy. That's Second Timothy three, verse eleven. And I think I might have gave you verse twelve also. So uh, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me. This is Paul talking uh, to Timothy, which happened to me at Antioch. I and I now everywhere I went, everywhere I went, everybody says all this. Everybody's against me. I'm just trying to preach the gospel. Everybody's warring against me and pressuring me, coming against me and telling me how they don't like it. In one of these cities, they even stoned him. That's pressure. That's a bad day right there. But, listen, they stoned him, dragged him out of the city, you know, they, and back in them days, they knew how to stone you. Left him for dead. The boys, you know, the posse got around him and prayed over him. He got raised back up, went right back into the city. He didn't let the pressure get to him. Come on, somebody. But how do you know? You need faith, right? Come on. Okay, so he said, what, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me, praise God. Verse 12, this is, again, one of those verses you're probably not going to put on your refrigerator, but it's there. Jesus, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Oh, man, I wish he wouldn't have put that verse in there. But it's out there. Anybody that wants to move forward in God, you have to understand, not everybody's going to be on your side. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to go, yay! In fact, you're going to find more people out there that probably just say, dude, you're weird. You know, every time people like you come around, you make us all, you know, look at our lives, and then we don't like, you know, right? And so you have what they call persecution, and it's out there. So the point being is that you need faith because sometimes that persecution can weigh on you. Come on. Sometimes, you know, you got to just remember who you are in Christ. And, you know, if you're believing God, you know, sometimes, you know, you actually tell somebody because the word talks about letting your confession known and saying it to many, to many out there. You know, it talks about making that confession out there for others to hear. And you say, I'm believing God for this. And they go, all right. You're one of those believing God for stuff. Believing God that he's going to heal you. Well, you better have some faith engaged. Come on, somebody. Because that's pressure. That's opposition right there. I try to knock you off your faith. And you better know who you are. You know, instead of going, well, okay, maybe you're right. Right? Ain't how it works. No, he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Now I, now I got to stand. Now I got to believe. Now I got to press forward. Ah! Yeah, right. Come on. Okay, well, it's out there. Nobody, I mean, none of these things really, you know, we don't get up every day saying, woo, praise the Lord for persecution. <laughs> Nobody does that. 
you know, but it's out there, and you just have to understand if you're going to live for God, it's going to be there, ain't it? I said it's going to be there. I think I might have had another one in there, Ben. What did I do? The, I think I talked about just life itself as a press, right? How about Philippians 3? We're going to throw that up there. Uh, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Well, why do you have to press? Well, because there's, there's resistance. There's pressure. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And I think I might have been, did I put like uh, Matthew, uh, there it is, Matthew 6. Uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll uh, drink, or about the body, about what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And he goes on talking about why. Don't worry about all these things. He says, you know, after all these things, that's what the Gentiles seek after. He said, but you just seek him, amen, and all these other things get added to you. Now, how many know it takes faith to do that? Because sometimes it is a temptation. Just life itself will hit you. Well, how are we going to pay that bill? Oh, my God, are we going to, what's going to happen? Oh, Lord. Is this thing, oh, man, oh, do we have enough? Oh, the kid, oh, they got what? They got what coming? Oh, we got to do what? And all of a sudden, all this stuff, just life itself sometimes just wants to, just wants to pressure you, just wants to pull you under. So you got to walk in faith just to deal with everyday life. You come home from a long day of work and, and, you know, maybe your spouse just came home from a long day of work and you kind of all look at each other like, it was a long day. Well, I had a long day, too. I'll bet mine was longer than your day. If you don't watch it pretty soon, like, you know, just, you, yeah, you stay in your corner, I'll stay in mine. We'll just, long day, right? And then pretty soon, you know what I mean? You better walk in faith because... You still got a night ahead of you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you got to stay in faith just to live life. And then, then one of the kids comes home and says, it was a long day at school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You better all know who you are. It takes faith to, to raise a family. It takes faith to... To, to run a business or to work in a, in a company. It takes faith to, uh, to have relationships. It takes faith to work alongside one another. Am I right? It takes faith to do this. And so, you know, that means if you're going to say, well, I, you know, you're saying, I, I, I love my spouse. Well, praise the Lord. That's what you believe. Now let's see some corresponding action. Just saying. Amen? And if the pressure's on, we may not see a lot of action. That did not come out right. <laughs> All right, let's move right along. Woo! That's probably true, too, though. Anyway. <laughs> All right, leaving that alone. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get a call on that one. Anyway, praise the Lord. All right, let's go uh, to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Let's do that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> All right, Matthew 14, please. Now, again, uh, faith without Works, faith without 
action, faith without a corresponding action. But also that word also refers to a reaction. When you kind of look at corresponding action, it's, it's it, you know, like we, the verse we used, uh, well, out of the Amplified there in, in uh, Mark 11, it says, you know, have faith in God constantly, consistently. Corresponding action, no matter what's going on. So here comes the pressure, the enemy, the world, life itself, people doing things, whatever. And um, so you made a decision that you're going to um, stand for God. So maybe, you know, your initial, I'm just going to use that word. I think that's probably the best word to use. Your initial action is I'm believing God, believing in God, believing God for whatever, right? I'm believing. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight here, whatever. That's your initial action. But how many know that? Just because you made the decision to believe in God didn't mean that all the pressure went away. Right? I mean, the world didn't go, aw. The devil's in, aw, I'm leaving. Now, unless you're standing your ground and cast him and bind and do all the things you're supposed to do, praise God. But most of the time, you know, it's still there. There's the pressure. So your faith not only has an initial action, but it should have what we call reaction. That's actually, even though the pressure's still on, you still stay in who you are. You're still standing. You're still believing. You're still resisting, regardless of, you know, people problems or worldly problems or the enemy or whatever. All right? If you're believing God for a bill to be paid, and then, you know, you're standing. And so the first week you're standing, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call, or all of a sudden you get that letter in the mail or something. You got to still say, you know, am I still believing or not? Come on now. You're believing God for healing, and let's say you boogered up your leg or something, and, and you're, you know, you're moving along, you're believing God, you're quoting the word, you're saying what you should, and then a week later it's still, still hurting. It's still, so what are you going to do? Say, oh, I guess it just don't work. Or are you going to stay in faith? Sometimes, see, it's not so much the initial action, it's your reactions that are going to turn this thing around. Still with me? Now, the reason that it's worthy of mentioning, because uh, I think, to be honest, uh, maybe it's just my own way of looking at it, but I think your reactions are probably even more important than your initial actions. And it's just a thought, okay? But, uh, but let's take a look at it because Scripture talks about it. Uh, so, again, back to Matthew. Let's go Matthew 14, please. Thank you, Ben. And uh, what did I say? Verse 22, is that right? All right. Now, common text here, but let's look at it. Immediately, Jesus made uh, his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while uh, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain to pray uh, to, by himself to pray. Now, when evening came... He was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went uh, to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw, saw him, right, uh, walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Okay, they panicked. 
And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And then Peter answered and said, Lord, if, if it is you, com- command me to come to you on the water. Now, what's Jesus supposed to say? No, it's not me. Stop. No, it is me, right? So, you know, well, you know, so, uh, so the Lord said, well, come then, right? And so when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So verse 29 tells us that he actually did it. So how many know that's a pretty cool initial step here, initial action, right? That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's pretty huge. But when he saw, here comes the pressure, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, now listen, it was just as boisterous when he was in the boat, but you know, he, he stepped out in faith, and a lot of times that's what happened, uh, you know, over the years, you know, um, you know, you get to preaching and been talking, and, and people get, you know, their faith boosted because that's what it's supposed to do. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and you hear things, and whoa, man, it's like, you know, you just kind of, ah, you know, ready to bite the, uh, the seat in front of you, you know, like a tiger. You're just going out, man, I'm just going to believe God today. That's what I'm doing, man. And you get out there, yeah, so you, you get out there and you just, you know, thrust that sword, that sword and let's go, man. And then all of a sudden, here comes pressure because it didn't just all quit so now you know at you know initially it looked good and i have seen uh uh, many a people blow the reaction come on again no condemnation or guilt but then what happens is then stuff don't manifest like we want then we get mad at god or mad at the preacher or mad at somebody else and you have to understand that you also got to maintain a reaction in fact, like I said, sometimes that reaction is even more important. Still with me? In this case, it would have been. So he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you what? Doubt. Okay. So what he just did there, he didn't address his initial action. Because his initial action was pretty cool. What did he address? The reaction. See? So he saw something, and even, you know, he says he beginning to sink. You know, Jesus, of course, grabbed him, you know. Now, again, I always I think every time I get to this, I say this, and now I don't know. I mean, we could all be wrong, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that when Jesus grabbed him, he was back up on top. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he, he was able to walk back to the boat, um, you know, but I don't know. We might all, uh, you know, we may all get there and, and our, you know, they do a re- replay of everything that happened and we see Peter being drugged through the water. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure he went back up on, ta- on top. At least that's what we want to believe, right? The point is he did get back to the boat. Okay, and I'm hoping he didn't get too wet. But anyway, uh, here we go. So he says, he addressed, he says, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Now the word doubt, dis, it's a, the, the root word of dis means two, twice, or again, which just means, okay, you, you, your first initial thing was good, but then you, you took another thought. You looked and you started, oh, you know, you, you panicked. And because you panicked, you began to sink. Now, really, to be honest, that's a type and a shadow for all of us because that's exactly what happens to all of us. 
Okay, you might have initially stepped out of the boat. Woo! Let's go, man! All of a sudden, whoa, what the heck am I doing out of the boat? And you begin to sink, and then pretty soon it's like, I know this face stuff, it just don't work. It totally works. I said it totally works. But you have to be willing to take a look at our action, the corresponding action, in this case, the reaction, is it lining up with your initial action? And if it ain't, we have to address that. We have to look at that. And that means we go back, amen, and stir our faith again so that we always, amen, our, our reactions are following suit with our initial actions. You still with me? I mean, sometimes you just stop looking and you, and you catch yourself. You know, why am I talking that way? I know, why am I saying, why am I doing this? Why am I acting this way, right? And you have to call yourself on it and say, you know what, a man of faith wouldn't be doing that, wouldn't be acting that way, wouldn't be talking. I mean, a guy that's believing for this, he wouldn't even think that way. Come on, he wouldn't let himself go down that road, right? And you catch yourself. Again, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Just call yourself on it and change. Are you still with me? But if we don't ever address it and change it, then we go on thinking that faith don't work or the word don't work or God really doesn't do things like he used to do. And Is anybody hearing me? Listen, that's all over the church. The majority of your church is out there. That's how they believe. They don't want to talk about, you know, believe in God for miracles. and They don't want to talk that stuff because... You get to talking about that means you're now you're you have to be accountable for while you know what you say and what you do and how you react and and man we don't want to go there. But if you do, if you're willing to make those changes and adjustments, you get your you get your answer. Nothing is impossible. Faith is limitless. Amen. There's nothing too hard for God. All he needs just needs you to stay connected. You know, when you think about the word unbelief, all it means is disconnect. You just disconnected your believer. So, you know, it's like a vacuum, right? You plug it in and it works. You unplug it, it stops working. Trudy got in trouble for that when she was a little girl. Got in a lot of trouble. Did you get a spanking on that? that would maybe, maybe that was the only spanking you ever got in your life. You got two? What was the other one? Don't want to talk about that. All right, we better not talk about that one. A little pressure there. No, she got in trouble one time because she was unplugging the vacuum while her mom was vacuuming. She was a little girl. <laughs> Pulled the plug and kind of hid, you know. Mom comes around the corner and plug come undone. She plugs it back in. The little girl come out of the bedroom. <laughs> Pulled the plug again. I, I don't know how many times it took. Maybe the third time and mama, mama caught you. Mama caught you. Hey, listen, I'm taking any, any, any time I get here on this. I'm telling you so. I got a lot of spankings. <laughs> that was kind of a daily occurrence at my house. Amen. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say reaction. <laughs> All right. Let's go to chapter 15. Let's look at something here. Chapter 15. All right. So we don't want to unplug our faith, do we? Come on now. All right, verse uh, chapter 15, verse 21. Let's put that up there, brother. 
Thank you. Then Jesus went out uh, from there and departed to the region of Tyre of Sidon. Uh, and behold, a woman of, of Canaan uh, came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on, on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she, she cries out after her. No, she doesn't, she doesn't let up. All right. Now remember, she's, she's a, an outsider. She's not of the household of faith. Come on, somebody. But she heard about you know, this Jesus. Come on, somebody, who delivers people from things like this. So she said, I- I'm going. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, get, I'm gonna go, go get this. I mean, I need an answer. I'm going to get it. Right? Praise the Lord. That's, how many know that's a pretty, come on, mama. That's right, right? Come on, right? And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which was a, it was a true statement. Amen. That's exactly what he was sent for. And then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now you have to understand this is all covenant talk. All right, but how many know if you were that person being talked to, especially in this culture, if somebody would say that to you? Now, in that culture, probably not quite so much, but this culture, if somebody calls you, you're just a little dog. I ain't throwing you no, no scraps. Get out of here. You think, oh, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> right? Come on, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> but look at this. Look what Mama did. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And, of course, her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, what did he address? He didn't address her initial action. Her initial action was she came. Come on. Well, he actually did address it, and it didn't, her initial action didn't seem to get her, get her anywhere. But her reaction, come on, her reaction is what moved Jesus. He addresses it, and the girl gets delivered. Are you still hearing me? See, Mama could have said, you Jews are all alike. Bunch of stuck up. I'll tell you what, I'm out of here. I came here to be, you just don't do that. I'll tell you what. Could have been all offended. Come on. She didn't, she didn't, she, I'm here for something, I ain't leaving till I get it. Now, there's just something to be said about that. So, you know, what, you know, if, if, if the Lord was to address, it's just a question, I mean, again, no condemnation, but if the Lord was to address your reaction, what would be His address to you? What would He say to you? You know, would He give praise and say great faith, or would He say, whew, what's with all the doubt and unbelief? Right? That's, it's a thought, right? It's worthy of looking at. Are you still with me? Let, let's look at, a, let's see, I think I had a couple more I wanted to look at. Let's do Mark. Go to chapter uh, Mark 5, please. Mark 5. We still doing all right? All right. We're wrapping her up. We're looking at Mark 5. Oh, let's see here. What did I give you, Ben? What did I, verse like 21 or something? That's it, 21. Okay. And when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. His name was Jairus, right? And uh, when he saw him, he fell at his feet. See? Now, this is a ruler of a synagogue. This is one of the, you know, okay, he's doing something already that the rest of them are going to condemn him for. 
Come on. But he, he didn't care, right? Why, why, is he, why is he there? What's going on? Well, he's beg, he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, that's his initial action. Are you still with me? So what happened? What did the, the initial action do? So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. In other words, everybody's got, trying to touch him and all. That's what that means. It's just everybody's got their paws on him. Okay? Now, um, so initial, his initial action, obviously, he had faith. He was in faith because it, it moved Jesus to go his direction. Now he's heading towards Jairus' house. Okay? Come on, I know, I know most of us know this story, but let's look at it, okay? Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And she heard about Jesus, and she came behind him in the crowd and, and, and touched uh, his garment. Now, remember, uh, what's the crowd doing at this time? Thronging him, right? Everybody's trying to touch him. Everybody's around him. Okay, so she's just trying to get up and touch him. She's just saying, if I can just get a hold of him, I can just touch him. Amen. So she's, she's reaching and probably that's, you know, she's kind of reaching up through the crowd. Amen. To grab, I believe with all my heart that she was on the ground just trying to work her way between everybody's feet, just trying to get closer to her. Amen. And, and to reach out and grab him. So she grabbed hold of his garment. Okay. All right. And the word said, uh, uh, let's see here. For she said, if, I only, if, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That was her faith. Amen. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. Immediately. Look at that. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? I mean, he, I mean, really? Right? And then his disciples said, what do you mean, man? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's strong on you. And you ask, who touched me? Really? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened uh, to her, came and fell down before him and he told, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Everybody say, yay, yay, yay. yay, yay, yay. Good stuff, right? All right, but what's going on? Remember now, where was he heading? Or where was he headed? We're in Jairus' house. So he's following Jairus to his house, and then this thing happened. So I can imagine probably, to be honest, Jairus is probably still walking up ahead here and then realized nobody's following him. So he turns around, and this whole commotion's going on because Jesus now stopped, and now he turned around, obviously because of her faith, come on, and then ministered to her for a minute, and then something happens, right? While he was still speaking, uh, some came from the ruler of a synagogue's house and said, your daughter's dead. Everybody say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right? That's bad news, right? Uh, why trouble the teacher any further? And verse 36, and, and, and as soon as Jesus heard the word, come on now, listen. As soon as he heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. What did he address? Now listen, what did he address? The potential reaction. Okay, he didn't have a reaction yet, but it was, a, it was about to happen. There was about to be, what, what do you think would have happened? Come on. This ain't, this ain't, you know, this ain't, you know, if we were right there and this whole thing was going on and that, we were heading to uh, our house and to see the same thing and then they come back with that kind of news, everything would hit you. You can imagine the emotional roller coaster at that moment, Right? And so Jesus knew what was about to happen and said, hey, don't go there. 
Don't let it happen. So we, we don't hear one more peep out of Jairus. Praise ye the Lord. Everybody say, yay, yay, yay. yay, yay. Praise the Lord. Because if he would have, we might have had some trouble. Somebody said, oh, no. See, that's what we get to going along. We assume that, you know, we can say what we want, act like we want, do what we want, and think it's all just going to roll. And there's a certain, there is a protocol. There's a way. If you want faith to do what faith should do, then you got to understand that there has to be a proper corresponding action. Amen. Proper word. The words have to correspond with it. Your actions have to correspond with it. And your reactions have to correspond with it. Or the ways you shut it down. Because unbelief will shut it down. Doubt will shut it down. Fear will shut it down. They all oppose faith. And if you let fear dictate, pretty soon you're not seeing your faith do anything. And then we want to get mad at God and think, well, you just don't understand. Of course he understands. That's why he put it in the book. He said, listen, all this stuff's going to come against you. So when it comes, do this. When it comes, don't do this. When it comes, stand your ground. When it comes, put up your shield. When it comes, hey, use your sword. When it comes, say this. When it comes, do this. The problem is, it comes and happens, and we go, we do what we want to do and say what we want to say and think we're justified. And then we don't get the results we want. And then we get mad at God, the preacher, and everybody else. Okay. So what happened? Well, we don't have time to go all that, but what happened? So no, his, his daughter gets delivered, gets raised from the dead. See? Now, he could have panicked. said, oh, no, never mind. I knew this wasn't going to work. It was just a waste of my time to come see you. Come on, some people say those things. <laughs> Are you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? Listen, if we stay here long enough, the, the, the temperatures will the rise a little bit and everything just... Okay, you all right? So, anyway. All right, chapter 10, let's look at chapter 10. Come on now, chapter 10. I don't want to keep you too long, but let's, chapter 10 here, verse 46. Look at this one, here's another one. All right. So when he came to Jericho, he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth coming, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many warned him, saying, oh, stop it. You're embarrassing us. Be quiet. Knock it off. But he cried out all the more. Everybody say a reaction. Yeah. See, there's people all the time will tell you that. Oh, stop it. Stop that. How come you're believing God like that? That's just crazy. Oh. People pressure. People could have said, you know, knock it off, blind Bart. This is nuts. Stop embarrassing us. This is our street corner, and you know that, so stop it. We want him to come back someday. He could have said, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. No, he went, Jesus! 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 Right? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Jesus stopped. So what, 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 what got Jesus to stop? The reaction. Right? The reaction. So his reaction got Jesus to stop. And he got called to come and he ministered to him and he got delivered. That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, you see this and... 
Okay, let's go to Matthew. We'll do the last one. Go to Matthew 26. Let's do that one. And um, um, how about this? Uh, let's see here. I'll read a little bit of this. You still with me? All right. Matthew 26. Look at your neighbor and say, There's therefore now no condemnation. Say it. No condemnation. No guilt, no shame. It isn't, that's not why we're doing this. We do this because it re- you recognize it. Amen. I mean, listen, I'm tell- I can't tell you how many times God addressed me on, you know, my reaction. Come on. Or my potential reaction. I, you know, I've used that many times. You've, most of you heard most all my stories. Uh, but I can't even tell you how many times the Spirit of God, just by saying, what are you going to do about it? That was his phrase to me. Something happened. I'm standing, I'm believing, something happened, and, uh, you know, everything in you wants you to just go, and, and the Spirit of God goes, what you going to do about it? And when he says that, it's obvious I need to think through what I'm about to do. Right? Why? Because it's a reaction, and this reaction is going to shut you down. Does anybody else have, you know, you know, get caught up in their reaction once in a while? We've all been there. So we're not here to condemn. We're just here. Listen, I think, I think the more we hear this, the more we understand how important our reaction is as well as our initial action. All right. So Matthew uh, 26, um, I'm gonna, verse 31. And Jesus said to them all, to all his disciples here, uh, all of you, look at this, all of you, will be made to stumble uh, because of me this night. Now, nobody wanted to hear that. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Uh, but after I have, I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said, Lord, geez, even if all these guys mess it up, I ain't going to mess it up. Jeez, I'm, a, I'm the rock of Gibraltar, man. Uh, even if all are made to stumble, uh, because, yeah, I ain't going to stumble. And so Jesus said, okay, dude, I'm going to talk straight to you now. Surely I say to you this night before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said, what? All the disciples. I mean, all of them, didn't, all of them did. All of them booked it. Come on, somebody. But, you know, Peter, he's always pretty good about putting his foot in his mouth. And uh, verse 41, so this is now they're in the garden, and then Jesus addresses them. He said, listen, watch and pray. Come on, stay connected. Why? Lest you enter into temptation. He said, listen, the spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, remember that. I think it's worthy of reading that part because of where we're going with this. But, you know, your, your, your flesh is weak sometimes, okay? Your spirit's like, ah! Right? So just, you know, Peter, are you kidding me? I'll go to the grave, man, with you. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna deny you. I mean, I'll die if I gotta. Uh-huh. So he says, You better stay prayed up, dude. Telling these boys, but every time he went back to them and they were sleeping, he said, Man, couldn't you even pray for an hour? He says, Your your spirit's willing. I mean, it's obvious, you know, you, you I, I know you. You got great respect for me and, and love for God. I get that. But your flesh is going to give you fits. 
and you're about to see some pressure you ain't going to like. Okay, so get that. So verse now, verse, uh, oh, I don't remember what I gave you, Ben. Was it verse 57 or something like that? Let's see here. So verse 57, and those who had, who had laid hold now, this is, by this time now, um, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane's done, the betrayal, the arrest, all that's happened. Okay, now Jesus is facing the Sanhedrin. Okay, and so those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to uh, Caiaphas, uh, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him, where? At a distance, amen, to the high priest's courtyard. Okay, and he went into that courtyard and he sat with the servants to see, to see what's going to happen, see the end. Okay, just that's kind of laid out. Now, verse 69, so we're jumping around here. Here we go. And Peter sat outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl, everybody say a servant girl. Everybody say a little girl. <laughs> and a servant girl came to him saying, you also are with Jesus of Galilee. Everybody say a little girl. <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm just a servant girl. And he, he, couldn't even, he couldn't even stand up to a servant girl. I'm just, right? I mean, it wasn't like anybody had a gun to his head. Or I guess that, a sword. He just literally, uh, you know, a servant girl came up and said, weren't you with him? And he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're you're saying. And when he had gone out uh, out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with another, "Ah, no way, man, it wasn't me. I'm telling you, I swear it wasn't me. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood, uh, stood by came up and said to, uh, to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Know, your, your words give it away. Man, I, can, I can hear it in your voice. And then, then he began to curse and swear. <laughs> That'll show him. And saying, I do not know the man. And immediately, what happened? A rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus. And what he had said before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And, and so he went out and he wept bitterly. Now, how many of that's, that's not a fun thing to, uh, to end on tonight. But the point was, Jesus did address his reaction. He says, your reaction ain't going to be good tonight. Initially, you sound like a man of faith and power. You're not going to go nowhere. You're standing with me. You're going to be strong. But in all honesty, your reaction is going to give you away and you're going to have a little fit here tonight. And it ain't going to be good. Now, how many know he got, you know, praise the Lord, Jesus, uh, you know, when it all, you know, was resurrected and he went out looking and got Peter, got them all fixed up. Praise ye the Lord. Everybody say no condemnation. condemnation. Amen. But the point is, Jesus addresses the reaction. Still with me? Amen. So to me, the reactions are there to try to reveal where you're at with your faith. Okay, I'm just going to say it like that. So when, when you're aware of a reaction, in this case, in Peter's case, it was everything from words to action. And um, when, when you're aware of that, you know, you're more apt to address it. You're more apt to change it. Right? So if you find yourself in doubt and unbelief, Find yourself in fear. You can step back, regroup. Come on, somebody. I always apologize. I just think it's worthy of, of that. I think he's, he's worthy of an apology. 
That's just me. You guys, whatever you want. But when I, when I find myself in doubt and unbelief, I stop and I apologize. I just say, sir, I apologize. I know better than that. Come on. And I just think it's worthy of doing that um, and address it. It's like, you know, an apology to anybody. Nobody wants to have to apologize. But I found that sometimes by stopping and apologizing, it's one of those things that marks you. Come on. So you don't do it again. Are you hearing me? So I always think the same thing works for the Lord, that when I find myself talking things I shouldn't be talking and acting like I shouldn't be acting and responding, react, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I, I can address that and make a change. And what I realize then at that moment is I probably need to go back and re-anchor my faith on this thing because obviously I'm, I'm not where I think I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing because if I can get it anchored and get it the way it should be or at least address the unbelief or doubt and keep my faith engaged, I'm more apt to get a result. Amen. And that's always good. Results speak, right? And, you know, part, that's part of your light. It's not just going around saying Jesus loves you. They ought to be able to see in your life that there's some fruit. There's some things that, you know, you say you believe this Jesus, you believe this God, there ought to be something that's seen. And if they see that working in your life, pretty soon they want to go, you know what? I want some of that. I want that working in my life. How did that happen? How did you get that? You know, and then that just gives you an opportunity, uh, you know, to talk about the Lord. Amen. I just, it's just all there. And I mean, it's all a part of it. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think about, um, the reactions of, uh, you know, our patriarchs of faith, you know, um, you know, it defined them. I mean, there was good, there was bad, um, but how they reacted, you know, when you hear stuff, stories like, um, you know, David and Goliath, okay, it, it, your whole, you know, you, your mind, you go back, you, you see a champion, okay, take down a giant, come on, somebody, and a, a, you know, a young man take down a giant, and, and it, mar- see, it, it defined him. You know, he said, hey, don't worry, king, I'll take him. He goes out there, the giant runs his mouth, you know, and it didn't seem to move him. He just ran after him, there, you know, let go of that sling, and of course sunk that you know, heat sinking missile into his forehead, dropped him like a bad habit, and that's history. Every, from there on, he's defined. Daniel in the lion's den. He talks, you know, he, everything he did, he, he, the whole reason he was throwing it because of his an initial action of his faith toward God. He gets pressured by people. They, they basically betray him. Come on, somebody. He gets thrown in the, in the lion's den, and he still stays in faith. Come on, somebody. And as a result of it, it defined him. Right? I mean, we can kind of go on and on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were defined by their reaction of faith regardless of the king's decree and the pressure that he put on them. I'm just saying. And so, you know, if, if it always was just the initial action that got us by, we'd all see a lot more happening than what we do. But you know as well as I do, the opposition's still there. 
there's still pressure. There's still people doing, saying, and worldly pressures is always happening. And so what happens, you have to understand that your reaction becomes just as critical, if not more critical, in your stand of faith as your initial action. Did you get something tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, why don't you all stand up and let me pray over you. Thank you for giving me a few more extra minutes on that. I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for a people of faith. Uh, Lord, that they are truly, amen, a people of faith, believing in you, trusting in you, not only in their initial actions, but their reactions. And Father, I give you the praise for it. Thank you, Lord, for marking our minds tonight. Hallelujah. That, Lord, as we move forward in everyday life throughout this week and the upcoming weeks, praise God, that we'll be aware of not only our initial action, but the reactions. Praise God. And so, Father, I thank you and praise you for a people, amen, willing to stay put, to stay consistent, to stand, uh, keep standing, praise God, to remain, to continue, praise God, regardless of whatever comes against them. And I do take this minute and I say, Lord, forgive us for the times that uh, we let that thing slip a little bit. And Father, I know you're faithful and just to forgive, so we thank you for that. We receive that and we give you praise for that in the name of Jesus. And if you agree with that, shout amen. Praise the Lord. Well, turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere 